Welcome to Sky High Results Online, where I interview the best online marketers and uncover their top strategies to drive the growth of their business. I'm your host, Victoria Gibson, and I'm here to share the best advice for women entrepreneurs to boost their online marketing efforts and get results now. Now, here's your episode. Welcome to Breakout Success Online with Victoria Gibson, where I lift the lid on what it really takes for women entrepreneurs to create runaway success in their business and life. Today's guest is my beautiful friend, Denise Duffield-Thomas. Officially, Denise helps exceptional women create outrageous success by busting through their money box, especially with her Lucky Bitch Money Bootcamp program. Her book, Lucky Bitch, is a practical and fun take on the law of attraction and what it really takes to manifest your wildest dreams. You can find her at luckybitch.com, but we're lucky enough to have her here today. And in today's episode, we're going to be covering the juicy topics of what it really takes to create passive income, uh, especially online. And um, another one of our favorite topics, which is comparisonitis, which we'll go into a little more later on, uh, as well as how to bust through that fear that sometimes keeps you stuck um, and get some real momentum in your business. Um, and we might even touch on um, motherhood and running your own business too, if we get time. So that's that's what's on the agenda. And I'd really love to welcome Denise to Breakout Success Online. Hi, Denise. Hey, gorgeous. I'm so excited about talking to you, especially since I've been looking at um, podcasts recently. And you're going to laugh because I only just figured out how to, one, subscribe to podcasts and two, listen to them in my car. And I realized that there's just there's so many guys doing these boring podcasts and actually not that many women. Mm. And, you know, so I was so looking forward to this because I know, you know, between the two of us, we're all about real talk, you know, like real, real stuff. And I think we can have a lot of fun. (laughs) I know we can have a lot of fun. So these podcasts are almost um, more like just having a uh, another way to listen in on our conversations you know we have plenty of these conversations all the time we just don't <laughs> don't record them so the, the opportunity to record them and um, share them with others will hopefully give them some insights into you know things that they can apply in their business and and just yeah get some real talk and <laughs> and insight into to I don't know what goes on in other people's businesses and um yeah, it's I, I'm really looking forward to it. This is a way to just um yeah, this is something fun for me, um, that you know, be, has been sitting there on my agenda for a while, but I agree with the podcasting thing. It did take me a while to work out <laughs> how to yeah. subscribe to them and everything as well. And um I was yeah, looking for some you know, content because they are great to listen to in the car or if you go for a walk or working out or something like that. So it's it's a nice way to consume content without just having to sit down and at your desk and read it. Exactly. And it's funny, the other day I was listening to one and I ended up sitting in my garage, like just so I could hear the last bit of it. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to keep on listening. So I want to send a big warm welcome to all those lady entrepreneurs who are listening in their cars, driving around, or maybe even at work, you know, oh, maybe yeah. sneaky in your in your cubicle <laughs> and you're dreaming about running your own business and you're sneakily listening to it at work. A special big welcome to you. Perfect. Yes, I know that you were very um, adept at, at doing that back in the day when you were working at corporate, um, oh God, <laughs> squeezing honestly. in your entrepreneurial dreams back then. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. I know uh, you've told me lots of times about that. <laughs> I was the worst employee ever, Victoria. 
I was so bad. And what I realize now is that in corporate, most people, they don't work eight hours anyway. You know, they're screwing around. They're, they're only doing a couple of hours. I think I heard that most people do three hours of productive work a day mm-hmm. in, a, in a working day. And so, you know, I was running businesses on the side. I was updating my blog. And I felt bad about it. But I was still doing my three hours of productive you know, labor that they were paying me for. But I was the worst employee. I think at my last job, you know, like I was constantly on Facebook and I was looking at my dream board all the time and I was listening to personal development seminars and just dreaming about the day that I could get out of there. <laughs> well, well, it happened. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I look back and think, I didn't even know about, you know, creating an online business when I was in corporate and I wish I had because I would have had, <laughs> had had been able to sort of get more of a head start than starting it once I left my corporate career and just trying to play catch up from there where you really have the pressure on to make make some income. Yeah. But then I think about it and think, well, in a way that was good because the pressure was on. I had no safety net. I just had to jump in. I'd left my corporate management career and nice salary to go to nothing and it was like oh my god I actually haven't really done my due diligence on this I didn't realize it was quite as hard as it is (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh I've got to feed the kids what am I going to do and um you know for me it was just a matter of okay I had to make myself a student of of online marketing and really understand what it, what it took to make some moolah, which I know that you've got your business to a good stage too. And um, just as a bit of a history, Denise and I met back in 2011 and we first actually met in New York um, at Marie Folio's Rich Happy and Hot Live event um, where we worked out that we were one of the few uh, or two of the few Australians going. So we, we had to meet up. Um, and then that sort of started our firm friendship and um being able to sort of grow our businesses alongside one another. And Denise has definitely been a massive support to me in growing my business because as most of the people listening realize, you can't talk to your normal girlfriends about this stuff if they're not an uh-huh. entrepreneur. Uh, your family don't really get it and your boyfriend, husband, partner definitely doesn't get it, particularly when you're no. investing <laughs> a lot of money. Your mum doesn't get it. Your dad doesn't get it. No, you need a Denise. In my case, I have Denise um, and, you know, it's it's amazing. So I know that we've kind of grown alongside one another, but, you know, one of the topics I wanted to cover today and we talk about a lot is, you know, this passive income in a business. Is it a myth? Is it possible What's your take, Denise? Because I know you do have passive income in your business and I know a lot of people ask me about how to create that. So what's your take on that? Like how easy is it to get and what are some of the fundamentals that you need to know? Yeah, so actually before we talk about passive income, I just realised that the first two years of our friendship, we never saw each other in Australia where we both live. (laughs) You know, we saw each other in New York and then Dallas and then like Washington and Miami. And then we saw each other once in Melbourne. It was like, oh, we're in the same country. It's so weird. Um, okay, so let's talk about passive income. I I don't think it's a myth, myth, but I think it's a myth that you can just do nothing for it. You know, like my business has to market, you know, it has to market all the time. It has to put out content for for people to come back and see me. My business is not at that stage and I don't think anyone's is. You know, I remember hearing Ali Brown talk about it who 
has a multi-million dollar business. And she said the same thing. And I remember at the time thinking, nah, I'm not going to believe her, you know, because she said, <laughs> I, I've got I've got passive income as in that, you know, money comes in, but I still have to work for it. I still have to market. I still have to do things in my business. doesn't mean that she's necessarily doing it herself. She's got a big mm. team. Mm. But you kind of have to crank the wheel and it, in, in lots of different ways. Either you're paying for advertising or you um, are sending out a lot of content, but you can't just sit on your butt. Like, let's do some real talk here. You can't sit on your butt, do no marketing, have no products and have money fall from the sky, which I know sounds really obvious, but I kind of felt like that at the beginning of my career. I was like, I just want money to come to me. I don't want to have to do, I don't want to have to market. I don't have to put myself out there. I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> exactly. Money. Exactly. And you do, you sort of have, it, it's kind of like having children. Until you have children, you don't really know what it entails and how full on and, and all consuming it can be. And I think online business is really the only thing I've found that kind of compares to that baptism of fire, where <laughs> you just have to get your head around so much, even if you are setting your business up to be passive. Um, it's very rare that people can just sort of sit back the whole way through their business people can like you know take their foot off the pedal once they've set the foundation though right like you've you've put your business together in a way you've always wanted it to be less you know less hands-on and more passive so you've set your business up that way and created some great systems and I think your daughter Willow who was born in February was a catalyst for that it make you know up leveling that even further than what you're already doing is that right absolutely but it's none of it's rocket science it's nothing that I shouldn't have done already you know like people have yeah. been saying to me for years um you know you have to outsource you have to delegate you have to have a great support team and I dipped into that so you know, I, I went to six figures with very little support, you know, basically just doing one-to-one coaching yeah. and having, I think I had maybe one one or two group programs, you know, when I went to six figures. But I remember like James Wedmore talking about this, who he does a lot of video marketing and he was saying, you know, you just can't, you can't get to six figures without support, without delegating stuff. And I really do see it now like going beyond that, going beyond six figures and going to multiple six figures, you have to take yourself out as that bottleneck of your business. And I really was the bottleneck of my business. You know, it was so much of it was based on if I felt like it. You know, I kind of had made a commitment that I would do a blog post every week and it wasn't always religiously every week. You know, sometimes it would be every seven, 12, I think two weeks between, you know, so it's pretty consistent, but you know, that newsletter kind of went out when I felt like it. Whereas now I've got a great system in place that it goes out every Thursday morning at eight o'clock without fail, without me without me thinking about it or without me feeling like it. And yeah. that's the true power of business is that, you know, I can kind of, my business can run regardless of if a big drama happens in my life or if, you know, I'm tired or whatever. It kind of still can run in the short term without without my attention and my work on it constantly, without me doing everything. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do remember with um, coaching with Marie Folio, she said at the time, you know, her email would go out religiously, same time every single week. 
Um, and she's taken that now through to doing her videos every single Tuesday and it comes out every single Tuesday. She systematized that and you know, that people come to rely on it. And I know our mutual friend, Jodie Jealous, she, you know, people love her video blogs and she hasn't got a set day and they don't come out consistently. And she's admitted this and she said, you know, she's even had people like emailing her, when's your next blog? I haven't seen one for ages. You know, they've come to rely on it and and want it. And it does drive so much value for your business. Um, But getting a system in place is absolutely necessary because it just can fall to the to the wayside when you when you're being the bottleneck in your business which I'm definitely guilty of taking on too much finding it really hard to let go and for me that's my number one enemy in creating passive income is letting go and creating those systems in my business yeah um and I I say to myself well it's okay because I'm not a system kind of person well if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner you, you have to be you know, even if it doesn't come naturally, you do have to put systems into your business. Um, and I know I've worked with some coaches and mentors on this, and it definitely is one of the hardest things I've tried to wrap my head around. And for ages, I really avoided it. Um, and I've paid the price for that a, a lot. Um, and I'm still paying the price for it as I try and mop up, not putting systems in place. And, um, you know, there, there's a great, there is a great book on, on it. I mean, there's always a great book on everything, right? But, um, yeah. <laughs> but work the system is a really, is a really good sort of place to start if, if you want to sort of see, um, you know, the ideal scenario in implementing systems in your business. Because most of us, if we're creative or we've got that shiny object syndrome, it's the one thing we really do resist. So, um, I would definitely um, recommend that book and just doing, you know, bit by bit, putting those systems in place. And some of it might just be having the right software to track what you're doing. Some of it might just be putting it in your Google calendar every week for the, you know, schedule it every week for the whole year. Um, that can work as well so that the alarm pops up and tells you to do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting when you're saying about creative people not liking systems and I resisted it as well until I realized that having systems actually frees you up to be creative. Mm. It's not about having rules that you have to live by. It's actually taking away that stress and just going, oh, well, that's taken care of so I can do whatever I want. Mm. Yeah. No, within reason. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think you're right. And um, it's that beautiful resistance coming up, isn't it? Those things that we like least tend to get also done the least um or done never so um sometimes it's just you gotta do it uh so i i think that's a good point and the systems are absolutely the key to passive income as is discipline like discipline is an essential part of it i think in the systems makes the discipline easier though wouldn't you agree yeah i don't like the word discipline because i don't feel like i'm a very disciplined person i'm not a very organized person either (laughs) Mm. I'm, i'm really not and i think Sometimes there's a mental block in having passive income and I think one of the mental blocks is that people think they have to be perfect. They think they have to be super organised to kind of deserve it. Mm. Does that make sense? It's like, oh, well, I don't deserve it because I'm not organised enough or I don't deserve it because that person's got their life together and I don't, so therefore I can't have it. Um, It's actually, I think there's a huge mindset component in in getting passive income and I, I, I resisted that that bit of it for a long time I think one of the biggest things I resisted was this is too easy and I have to work hard for money and if people pay me for something that I've already created it's like cheating 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, I think that's where a lot of people are at. It's like that's reserved for people who are further along than I am or who are more deserving than I am or who have a bigger message or those kind of things. Anything sort of comes up to stop you from having that easy flow of money. And that's bring us to a point that you've talked about before. When you when it actually does happen, how you cope with it when you are getting money in an easier way. Like you put the systems in place, your message gets out there, your list gets built, and then the money does start coming in relatively easily. I mean, obviously you've got systems in place, you're still working. Yeah. But how do you, you know, what's your advice for people in coping with that? Because I know you've mentioned before, sort of you question, shit, is this – is this right? Should, do I deserve this money? Or, you know, how, how can I make more of it when it's feeling strange to bring in the, the amount that's coming in? Yeah. And you know what? People don't talk about this. They don't talk about the downside of success because you want to think, well, of course, why wouldn't I want to make money? Why wouldn't I make lots of money? And the work that I do with women in looking at money blocks is being really honest about my own money blocks and they come up again and again. So, having money blocks is not a sign that you're not meant to be successful. It's just a sign that you're a woman in business. And, you know, you and I both know this. We're in masterminds with incredibly successful women. They still have money blocks that come up. Mm. They just come up in, in different ways at different different points. So I remember the first time I made um, I made my group program into a home study course, mm. which meant that I'd already created, you know, all that stuff that I spent hours and many nights working on, like, you know, the sales page, the um, PDFs, the videos, all that kind of stuff that I put so much time and effort into and it took so long to do and I felt like I really deserved people to pay me money for it because I was pulling all-nighters, right, to, to create it. <laughs> yeah. And so I felt like, oh, I deserve that money. So I turned it into a home study program and it was already there. So people were paying me money and I'm like, it didn't feel like a, a fair transaction. I'm like, oh, they're giving me money, but what am I giving them? I'm not giving them any blood, sweat and tears this time. Not thinking that, oh, no, the value is in the in the information and in the program that I'm giving them, the transformation that I'm giving mm. them, not yeah. my own personal blood, sweat and tears because I put that into it, right? So um, I did a launch of that and I think I made $36,000, which was, Great. you know, the biggest month I'd ever made mm. in my entire business. It was more than I'd ever made in my job and so some part of that would be like oh what what an amazing thing to make all this money but I honestly went into it really triggered me and I spent the next I think it was about a month from what I remember completely paralyzed I didn't want to do any business I felt like I had a massive hangover mm. and I just sat at home and I think I played Candy Crush on my phone <laughs> for like six weeks you know, and, it, and it's crazy to even say that because people would go, what's wrong with making money? But all my stuff came up again of like, well, this is too easy. I don't deserve this money. Mm. Um, and nobody talks about that in terms of passive income, especially not the men because, one, they don't understand money blocks. Mm. You know, but two, they're like, well, more money is good, isn't it? And no one talks about the fact that for women, sometimes that money stuff, it triggers you. And if you don't have a mechanism to deal with it and you don't have people to talk honestly about it to a lot of people actually have a really good month and then they always derail their business afterwards yeah it's like that success I, I think it is like this sort of success hangover like you said you felt like you had a bit of a hangover and and that sabotage element comes in right where it's like oh either you sabotage by thinking oh well 
I, I was successful. I, I can coast now and you don't have that feeling of shutdown, but you just, it's, it's another form of resistance where you think, oh, well, I've ticked that off the box and then you don't plan for the next round. And that really happened to me when, you know, I launched a mastermind and I did it for a six month period where it was, you know, people came in, you, you know, because you came in and helped coach the women in the mastermind, but it opened um, and then, you know, finished at the end of the six months. And I was like, you know, giving it my all, creating transformation for people. And then I was like, that went so well. That was great. This is my passion. This is what I want to do. I feel like I'm so on purpose. But what I didn't do is plan to, okay, well, when's the next one going to start and how's this going to work? So I just sort of coasted and then turned around and went, oh, actually, I haven't put any systems in place to set this up properly again. Um, and then turned around and thought, I haven't had any mastermind clients for the last three months because everyone's finished yeah. the program. And then there I was thinking, oh, I'm so successful. This is great. But turned around and went, oh, actually, I haven't put this in place because that success actually just flicked a switch in me that went, okay, well, I can just lean back now. Um, yeah. And not yeah. that you have to keep nose to the grindstone, but you do have to just create that whole plan for your for your next 12 months to work out okay well when are my promotional periods it comes back to that system thing like what's in place to know okay I need to turn it on again and you know the way I've been able to do that now is go okay I recognize what works with my ebb and flow and I want to create a 12 month program because I like to work with people in a longer term and then they can come and join when it's right for them. So it's not an open and closed program anymore and people can join whenever they want. And that works in better with the way that I work. Um, and then there's no sort of, oh, oops, I forgot to promote that again. <laughs> now I haven't got anyone in the program. Yeah, and it's happened. I see it with women all the time. It's like, but I think it's a form of sabotage in itself. It's creating yes. a feast and famine, right? Mm -hmm. It's like... <sighs> setting yourself up to fail and it's hard when you have that, have that big month, especially when people see you doing that mm. and then, you know, a couple of months later you're thinking, well, I have no money, mm -hmm. you know, we've all been there or we haven't put away money for taxes and so it's like, oh, I've made all this money. Oh, crap, I have no money to pay tax. You know, I did that in the first year and it's, it's shocking but it's a form of sabotage really, that feast or famine thing that a lot of us probably have experienced before in our lives, maybe not in our past, but and so we're recreating that in our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And because all of this just feels so new, especially if you have come from a corporate background or a salaried background where you're just used to getting a monthly paycheck and you define your worth and your identity via that. So yeah. then when you create this whole new space for yourself, it's like, oh, okay, so if I put these things in place and then I am successful, I actually could build on that and make it more successful. But when you're earning um, five times more than you used to earn in your salary job, you already think, oh, wow, those, those thoughts come up. That's a lot of money for me to earn. Did I really mm. deserve it? Whereas men in online marketing, we've discussed this before, you know, we've been to events where, you know, we've met men in online marketing or, you know, I've, they've been my clients, I've done their Facebook marketing for them. And, you know, the insights that they talk about in their business or, or about their 
attitude to their business and making money, there's no question once they start making money or even to start making money. It's just like, let's put this in place. Let's move forward. They don't worry about what style of font they're using on their sales page. It's like, are the essentials there? Which, you know, I could agonize over a font choice for like two hours, Um, you know, wasting time. Because once again, that little resistance comes up. It's not perfect. I can't put it out there. What if someone sees it? and sees that I've used lobster font. (laughs) That is ugly, right? So, um, but men aren't doing that. And some men are still, you know, designing beautiful things. I'm not saying men don't have a design sensibility because some of them actually do. But, you know, most of those making great money are just, you know, I'm taking action and, and getting it done. Um, and, and then once, once something works, they, they scale and make more money and they're not sitting there questioning, Oh shit, how did I do that? It's like, okay, let's keep going and, and let's, you know, discard what's not working and move forward. Not to say men yeah. don't have money blocks. Cause I'm sure they do in different, in, in ways. And some of them probably do identify with what we're talking about, but on the whole, it does seem like a uniquely female perspective yes especially the deservedness of it it's like do I deserve to make this money um doing this thing and I I've I always have to check in with myself because my money blocks come up again and again even though I'm earning so much more money than I ever have in my life they still come up and one of them recently I was thinking oh like I'm promoting my program and I was really thinking about like what's in it for me I'm almost like I'm asking people to do this program I'm asking people for their money forgetting that no, this is something that they're going to decide to do if it's a value for them and if they want that transformation. But sometimes I forget that it's like a two-way street. It's like, oh, actually, I'm giving them something that's truly amazing. It's not that they're just giving me money because they like me yeah. you know, or because I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, my mentor, uh, Kevin Nations, he talks a lot about higher ticket selling and, and getting your head around that and that – that, in particularly when I coach other women in that and women in my mastermind in that, that is one of the biggest resistance points. Pricing, as you know, you've done lots of training on pricing and helping mm-hmm. people change their prices. But helping people align with charging higher prices is one of the biggest challenges in coaching women in online um, business or business in general, I guess. Um, and he says about, you know, it's it's – just thinking, okay, well, is what you're providing worth more to them than them sitting in the situation they're in? You know, that's the way you've got to look at it. And he says, you know, he even equates it to work out what hell they're in. Like everyone's in a a different kind of hell in some way, which sounds, you know, puritanical almost, but it's like, okay, people are – you know, they've, they've got their pain points or something that they've, they've got a rub. Something's not working for them. And if you can unlock that for them, what is the value of that? Like to, to start seeing your, you know, to start changing your perspective on money and what you're worth and, and bringing more of that in, like the way you teach that and lucky bitch, um, money bootcamp is invaluable for these women. Like they will make more than the price or the investment of that course back time and time again and they've got a skill for life it's like oh absolutely and it's sometimes it's about thinking it's not about me it's about them yeah you know and and you know women we can get so caught up in it's about me and if people like me and Mm. you know all that kind of stuff and it's 
it's really not. You can put your work out into the world. And I think if you want to have a passive income business, you have to be willing to release that into the world. You know, I remember my first book that I self-published. I did not want to release that book. Mm. I really didn't because I was worried that people would email me and say, oh, there's a typo. And there were typos in it, you know, <laughs> or I, I don't like this or whatever. And I remember, um, you know, just thinking, I I don't want people to buy it. Every time a sales notification came through, I was like, please don't, please don't buy this book. Please don't read it. And, and it sounds I strange. Same. I do the same <laughs> thing with my online programs. And people are like, why don't you do an online training? It's like, oh, I do have online training. I actually have two online trainings. And both of them I do and then sort of want to bury immediately. And if anyone sends me, like I still see my original course sales of that come through and I'm like, oh, no, 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 just don't, why did you buy that? It's old and I don't like it. And I just want to email them immediately and apologize for it. And Isn't that weird? <laughs> and so God, I'm so sorry. Please don't open it. It's really not that good. And I still do that. And it's so like I've, I've gone into ClickBank because it's for sale on ClickBank and if anyone wants to buy it, please don't. And um, <laughs> it's called Sell More with Facebook Ads, but please don't buy it. And when, I, you know, I've gone into ClickBank and it was a real pain to get it approved. I've gone in like six times to cancel it and go, do not allow anybody to buy this course anymore. <laughs> right. I don't even want to almost give it away for free. But then I got an email about um, someone applied to have a consult with me. And he wrote, well, ever since doing, you know, this course that, you know, I've got all this shame about, um, he said, ever since doing that course, you know, I doubled my business with the advice you gave me in that course. And then I was like, what, really? No, it's terrible. What do you mean? <laughs> please, please nobody buy it. It's, it's, it's horrific. And, you know, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like it's it such a ridiculous. form of sabotage. And, um, you know, I would love to not do that and I think the only way to not do it is just to not do it oh my god but, yeah. but I think it's funny you know I, I really want people listening to hear this you know Victoria and I have both got very successful businesses not just from a monetary point of view but you know we we help a lot of people you know we really do but you know we're feeling like this all the time even now you know like we're not just starting out and it's not our first thing we're still freaking out about it and I um I was laughing when I saw Sia on Ellen when she was mm. on the Ellen show and she was performing her hit song Chandelier like this song yeah. is gone gangbusters in every country around the world and she's performing with her back to the camera and I so so related to that because if someone ever says anything to me like oh I love your book or I love your course I just go into the most awkward like I just want to just be like look let's just never talk about this ever <laughs> you know like. I'm happy to, you know, put it out there as long as we both acknowledge, like never acknowledge that it's happened and we never talk about it again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, excuse that noise in the background. Apparently the neighbour decided they needed to use their leaf blower or something right now, which was just so okay, handy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it, that leads us to the other point, the final point before we wrap up because I know you've got to go and um, get beautiful Willow. Um <laughs> she's waiting for you but um the the that comparisonitis too where part of that is like well it's not as good as so-and-so's I've seen their course online or they're selling the same thing um an example of that this week was a girl in my mastermind had said 
well, you know, I want to increase the price of her course by like forty dollars or something. It was quite it was quite minimal. She said I said, Well, of course, go for it. Like it's it's worth way more than that anyway. There's no no problem with you increasing your price. And she said, Well, so and so sells um no, oh, first of all, she said, oh, my competitor sells it for the current price that I'm charging. Okay. And I'm like, well, that's fine. That's what they're doing. You're doing something else. And she goes, yeah, but they sold 300 of them. Like, you know, yeah. I'm like, that's, you know, that whole spiral. And it, and it's so common. What are your, what's your advice on that or your experience with that? What are your insights to share with this whole comparisonitis thing that I definitely suffer from as well? <laughs> Well, yeah, of course. I think a lot of people do it at the beginning when they don't know what to charge. I did it myself. I looked around at what everyone else was charging and I kind of priced myself in the middle. Mm. And um, I found myself doing this recently, actually, and I really had to stop myself because you just don't know what's going on in someone else's business. And somebody else might have the biggest money blocks Mm. and, you know, they might have been told by their, their parents when they were young that, you know, money is greedy or whatever. So you, you don't know what energetic crap has gone into them setting their price. Mm. You're believing it as what something should be charged at. But honestly, it could be so much stuff has gone into that, mm. them pricing it. So when you're pricing it based on someone else, you're really basing it on their money blocks. Yeah. You know, and we've all got our own money blocks. Keep your own money blocks. Don't look at someone else's. So <laughs> You don't the, need more of them. No, don't take on other people's and layer them on top of yours. It's ridiculous. So honestly, I really wish that there was another um, tip I've got for it, but the only thing that I do is I don't look at other people's stuff. And, you know, we've talked about business nemesises before. Is yeah. Nemesis is Nemesis I don't know. Nemesis or something. Nemesis. I don't know. <laughs> so the honest truth is um, I cannot look at their stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like Kate Northrup, she's got a money book that, you know, a lot of people in, in my world talk about, mm. you know, and I can't bring myself to read it. I can't bring myself to look at her stuff because I think she's fabulous, yeah. but I know that it could trigger some stuff in me of like, oh, well, maybe I should have put that in my book or maybe I should charge my program like that. I have to keep so blinkered mm. because I know myself and I know that I get triggered by it. So... I wish I had something better to tell you beyond just like don't look at their stuff. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point and we've had a good laugh about this before and talked about it in the mastermind where, you know, there's always someone, one of your competitors or someone doing something in the same space that really triggers you. It triggers all your fear and your vulnerability and your I'm not good enough feelings and the only way to move through that is I I think that is a really good point Denise you just just stop looking at their stuff even though it's good for market (laughs) market knowledge it's really good not to not to look at it if it is triggering you um and you know another thing that um Another a fellow entrepreneur um, did a blog post about a few years ago, which really um, resonated with me. And her name's Erin Stutland, um, and she's got some great um, a great program called Shrink Sessions. But she did a blog on staying in your own lane, like mm-hmm. you know that analogy with swimming. Like if you are racing, or those Olympic swimmers, uh, yes, they have to like keep an eye on where the competition is. But if they did that the whole time and were turning around and looking at where everybody else was, they would not win the race. So mm. it is a really important analogy. Just stay in your own lane, even if things do come up and you see where they are or whatever. That 
Another perspective that's helped me is like think, oh, that's great that they did that. It's possible. It's possible for me. Yes. Um, rather than, oh, God, they've done it now. I can never do it. Absolutely. And a great example of that is recently I set a goal that a celebrity would endorse my book, mm. you know, or and just out of the blue because I remember reading about Skinny Bitch and about how they took off because Victoria Beckham was photographed holding a copy and they didn't know anything about it. They, I don't think they sent it to her. I don't, I don't know the story behind it. And I, I was thinking recently, God, that would be amazing if that happened to me. Like that's one of my goals. And then that exact thing happened to Danielle Laporte mm. where um, Shailene Woodley, who you know is a really up-and-coming actress, she's just everywhere at the moment, name-checked Danielle Laporte and her design map. And I remember thinking, fuck. <laughs> and then I was like, what? No, that this is coming into my consciousness because it's possible for somebody who I – I'm not that far away from in terms of, you know, like I, I don't know her personally, but I know people who know her personally. You know, she's yes. two steps away from me in, um, in, in that respect. I'm like, wow, that, that can happen. And the other thing that really helps me, I think, and this is what I tell people all the time, is that people need to hear it in lots of different ways. They need to hear it from different people. So you might do something exactly the same as your business nemesis. It could mm. be, you know, for example, money blocks. Mm. Um, lots of people will talk about money blocks, but some people, if they didn't hear it the way that I say it, they're never going to hear it. And that would be such a tragedy. You have to think of it like that. It would be yeah. such a tragedy if that person never changed their life because they just didn't hear it right from your competitors. It didn't resonate with them. It didn't go in. And so they have to hear it from you or they might never hear it ever in their life. Absolutely. And I know with this topic, I never would have even picked up a book on it or been drawn to it at all because I'd want to kind of just shut it off because um, I just resist those kind of thoughts and conversations. But you opening that up to me totally changed my my um, attitude to my money blocks and my awareness and even acknowledging my money blocks. So you know, just on a, that, that is absolutely 100% true. If you hadn't have told me those things in the way that you do tell it, I never would have even been as aware as I am of my money blocks and moved through some of them. So um, I want to say thank you for that. And it's so true that, and just really support that point because. Yeah. And I, I feel good about that now. Yeah. I know that my work is a gateway drug to maybe someone you know, I don't know, reading a Susie Orman book about money or something mm. else. So I, I kind of feel really good in that space now, but it took a long time for me to to be okay with the fact that uh, other people are doing it as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Well, that we'll leave it there because I think, you know, we've got some juicy insights out there and, um, you know, given people a bit of insight into those topics that we talked about, about the creating passive income, income in your business and really implementing those systems to drive that um, and having that consistency, which really brings about the momentum um, and the comparisonitis <laughs> syndrome, which is so prevalent, particularly around pricing and, and charging what you're worth. So um, I'm so glad you're my um, inaugural guest on the Breakout Success Online podcast. I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather have. So um, thank yeah, you. Yeah, let's do it all the time. Yeah, let's, let's schedule <laughs> let's, I'll one. be your first yeah. and your every second guest. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, this podcast is actually just Victoria and Denise. <laughs> that would be perfect. I would love it. So thanks again. And um, just a thanks, quick honey. quick t- um, tip on where people can go to access your beautiful wisdom. Yes. So people can come over to luckybitch.com. And the first page I recommend they go to is my freebies page because I have a free pricing course mm-hmm. um, where it kind of goes through some steps about how you can price. It doesn't even matter what you what you are for or where you're starting from. And the other audio I recommend people sign up for is the seven money blocks. So I talk really specifically about seven blocks that female entrepreneurs have and how to overcome them, things like working for free or overcharging I'm sorry, undercharging <laughs> and over-delivering and things like that. And, um, you know, the Lucky Bitch community is just such a beautiful, welcoming community of women who are having these conversations. So I love to hear from new people. Yeah, that's one of the most powerful parts of the boot camp program actually is the um, private group where everyone's just sort of laying bare their, their money blocks but also their wins and, and how they move through the course and, and what changes for them. And that's, you know, a great form of being – like anything, learning things surrounded by like-minded people or a great community that can support you makes it so much more fun and easy and gets you much bigger results. So mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it. And um, also even you can pick up one of Denise's books, Lucky Bitch or Get Rich Lucky Bitch on Amazon.com, which is – another um i definitely recommend those books i've given them to friends students um and had and read them obviously myself and the the transformation you can get from them is just amazing so definitely shameless plug for those and um i'm going to let um denise go and breastfeed her poor child who's (laughs) eagerly waiting for her um and so i'm so grateful for the time that you spent on on the podcast so thanks denise and um thanks everyone for listening and i'll see you on the next episode i'm dedicated to bring the best marketers to you right here on sky high results online if you're a woman looking to rapidly grow your business with powerful online marketing campaigns and the support of a brilliant group of like-minded entrepreneurial women, head on over to victoriagibson.com.